Our scripture for today is James 1, verse 19 through 25. Follow with me on this, if you will. James 1, 19 through 25. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all of his doing. When God first created man, as we know, he created most all of us with a reasonable amount of intelligence and, for the most part, the ability to use that intelligence to make rational decisions, those things that we need to do on a daily basis. And not only were we created to have intellect and able to make rational choices, we were also made with this innate sense of right and wrong, of knowing right from wrong, of being able to make moral choices. It's my personal belief that as God breathed into Adam that breath of life, and Adam became a living soul, that Adam truly was at that moment perfect in every way. And then as Eve was taken from Adam's side, because she being bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, she was also perfect. And God was so pleased with what he did that he could say of his new creation, it was very good, very good. But, and for reasons known only to God, in his perfect and holy wisdom, he created mankind knowing that our perfection, that perfection that first began there in, in Adam, would eventually develop into imperfection. That we would become sinful with our very nature becoming corrupt. And as we know, that devolution from perfection to imperfection did take place. You know, the world wants to talk about evolution how everything is going from bad to good or from its worst state into a better state. But that's not true. By the way, the law of thermodynamics says that that's not true. But it's especially not true with us. There was this devolution from perfection to imperfection that took place there in the garden. And that imperfection has been corrupting our lives and especially our moral choices ever since. And here in today's scriptures, we can see evidence of all of that. That God's having to instruct us and even command us to do as he tells us here. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now remember folks, these words of our text, the first words that I read of the text were addressed to beloved brothers, meaning that God is sure addressing those of us who are fully saved and sanctified, that we're already set apart for his purposes, 
and hopefully beginning to mature. But unfortunately, as these words and many others like them imply, our maturity really needs help. We're still needful of very strong and very deliberate instruction. Put simply, because of our lack of maturity, God is having to say to us, my child, my child, please be quiet and listen to me before you speak and before you become angry. And then he goes on with the next verse. He's having to instruct us further. He says, put away all this filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And he has to instruct us even further with the next verse saying, and not only that, be doers of the word, not just hearers and deceiving yourself. And then even further, he says in the next verses, he says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and then he goes away and at once forgets what he looked like. Again, God did create us as reasonably intelligent people with reasonable rationale. And over the years that we have sat in these pews and other pews like them, we've heard with our ears the words preached to us and we have seen with our eyes all of these words that are written in these scriptures. But even so, even so, for some reason, we intelligent and rational people just still do not get it. We still fail to get it, to get what he's saying. These words reminded me of a study that I did recently of one of Jesus's more well-known parables, often referred to as parable of the sower. In that parable, Jesus spoke about the various kinds of soils that are within the souls of men and women, of you and me. There in that parable, Jesus spoke about a farmer who was sowing seeds in various kinds of soil. And as he sowed, some of his seed would fall onto rocky paths. And then the birds would come and quickly eat them up. And then other seed would fall on pathways. And it couldn't root. And so those plants would quickly die. And then other seeds would fall among thorns. Coming up, and the plants then would be choked out. They'd suffer and not be able to bear fruit. But then other seeds did fall on good soil. And they were successful. Now, the disciples, as they listened to that parable, they realized that the meaning of this parable was difficult to understand. They really didn't understand it themselves. Jesus explained it to them later. But they knew that it was difficult to understand for the mass of people that Jesus was preaching to. And they asked him, why do you teach the people in parables? Why don't you teach them in more easily understood language? instead of this figurative language. And the answer that Jesus gave left some evangelicals, even today, confused and wondering. Jesus answered his disciples on that question. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, the disciples, but not to them, not to the crowds. And then he went on to say, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. And you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Those are curious 
but very profound words. Though hearing, they could not hear. Though seeing, they could not see. Folks, simply put, there was a vital element that somehow was missing from their ability to truly and clearly grasp the spiritual truth that was being given to them. And as I read the scripture texts that we're examining here today in James chapter 1, it seems to be a very similar effect that's taking place. Here the Lord is saying to us, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. Folks, there are many, many people today, just as in the days of Jesus, that see, that read, and they hear the precious truths that are given in these scriptures. But hearing, they do not hear, and seeing, they do not see. Yes, those words do enter their ears and their eyes, and they go around inside the mind with its processes. But the meanings of those words somehow get lost within all the noise of the world's activity around them. And just as in the parable of the sower, the soil of the souls of so many, many people today, it's hard. It's hard and it's dry and it's rocky and it's thorn infested, keeping the hearts and the minds of those people from truly being able to hear and to truly be able to see. And the precious meanings of the truths of these scriptures then is choked out and it doesn't produce fruit. And unfortunately, listen for us, even we who have Christ, who truly are saved eternally, we will often also fall into this same quagmire. The American worldview and the culture that's all around us and, and influences us, it captivates our mind and our souls. It darkens our vision and it blocks out that voice that cries out from the pages of these scriptures. And as a result, seeing, we don't always see. Hearing, we don't always hear. But thanks be to God, for us who do have Christ, though we're not seeing clearly, and though we're not hearing clearly, the voice, the voice of God within these scriptures is still speaking forth to us out of these pages. And here with the, these particular words, God is both warning us and he's also calling us to lean into him, to draw near to him, and let the listening of our hearts be open to his voice. Many evangelicals today tell us, well, all we have to do is just let go and let God. Or as that contemporary song refrained, let Jesus take the wheel. And you know, there's some real truth to that. But folks, listen. Within that letting go and letting God, we must also remember that it really is God's plan that you and I would do as he's telling us here and also put forth in our own full and best effort at being doers. And so it's not just a matter of letting go and letting God. Yes, we do have to surrender, but we also have to become doers. And so we can't take one part of that scripture and make a rule out of it. As we know, God really could do as he did in the beginning. He could just speak. He could just speak all the activities of his people into being. 
But also, as we know, He doesn't do it that way. He really doesn't do it that way. Since those first days there in creation, God has used men and He's used angels to carry out His plan. And that's what He's doing today. And He has commanded us here that you and I must become more than just hearers. You have to do more than just listen to what I'm saying here today. We have to become more than just hearers of His Word. We have to become doers, doers of His Word. We, you and I, need to step on forward and we need to begin to do the part within God's plan that He has assigned to us. You recall from the messages given over the past few weeks that for you and me who have Christ as our Savior, our lives truly have been dramatically changed. If you have Christ as your Savior, if you truly have Christ as your Savior, you have been changed, dramatically changed. And we are now, as spoken of there in Romans 8, we are now sons of God. Men, women alike, we are sons of God. And as His adopted family, as His sons, we now have family responsibilities that we never had before. You have responsibilities that you never had before that you need to get about. In verse 17 of James 1, God reminded us that He has given us every good and perfect gift that will equip us to do those things, to be doers of His Word. We can do everything that He calls us to do. But still, notice here in verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he's like. But then listen, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, becomes a doer. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all of his doing. Now, one can't help but note that even as God gives that encouragement there in verse 25, that he still knows our bent. Talking earlier, you and I have some favorite ways of sinning. We each do. We don't want to recognize it as such, but we do, and we forgive ourselves for doing it. And God will forgive us as we ask Him to. But what He's talking about here is that we look at ourselves in the mirror of His Word, and we turn away and we immediately look perhaps at the television, and we see someone there on that screen that we just naturally love to hate. Now, I say that because that's what goes on in my own heart. I'll leave it to you for yours. He knows our bent. He knows the bent of our nature, our propensity towards instant distraction and and, um, and then immediately we um, get on about something we should not be doing. And again, do not these words that we're talking about here, aren't they so similar to the warnings that are given in that parable of the sower? It's a kind of hearing, a, a seeing but not see, a hearing, but not hearing. But for us who have Christ, you and I, we do have eyes to see and ears to hear. These words, they encourage us and they even demand of us that we change the manner and the way and the habits and the behaviors that take place in our life each day. We have to change completely and begin to go in a whole different direction. We're being told here that we must stop some of our old foolish habits. 
When you do your devotions, do you do them because it's obligatory? Or perhaps as you read some of the scriptures, you've decided that you need to read at least one psalm a day and one proverb a day and one New Testament chapter a day. That's good. That's good. But unless and until you take time to pause and you absorb the real impact and the seriousness of the meaning of those words, they're very little value. They'll be of very little value, especially in this matter of then producing the righteousness of God. Reading is good. Hearing is good. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God ponders the value of the wisdom of the worldly wise. Now these, here he's speaking of well-educated people, often very of, of very high standing among men. But their God is clear. Most of the world's knowledge, most of the knowledge that we will read, it will eventually fade away as wood, hay, and stubble. Only the things that produce the righteousness of God will remain. Now here in our text, God is specifically addressing you and me, His adopted children. And He's telling us that we must go beyond the wisdom of the world. That we must listen and hear and see His real truth. And get on about producing His righteousness. And in verse 21, God gives another of His perfect analogies. And I love this one. Listen, in verse 21, He tells us, Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This implanted word is powerful if we'll just let it do its work. It's a process that is much the same as the process of engrafting that a farmer will do as he engrafts a branch into a tree with that branch then becoming a forever part of that tree. Folks, for us, once God's words of truth are engrafted into our hearts, into our souls, into our minds, and into our memories. Like that branch, His Word will no longer be just knowledge. It will actually become a part of who we are, of our being, of our behaviors, of our habits, and our lifestyle. But how do we get from where we are to where we need to be? How do we begin to do our part to allow that to take place within us? I'd like for you to think with me for a moment about what God is saying in these words. How God has engrafted this into our minds and hearts. And we need to ask ourselves, is that done just by our own efforts? How do we get from where we are to where we need to be? This is so very special in my thinking, folks. This is when God gets very personal and intimate and very hands-on with you and me. Yes, we ourselves must do our part. You and I must read and study and memorize these scriptures daily. Daily. But if we stop there, these words would be nothing more than just knowledge. And we would be nothing more than hearers and not really doers. Seers, but not really seeing. But with God's own divine hand carefully, carefully implanting and, and interweaving His precious truths as we read and as we hear His words, these words become an actual part of who we are, of our heart, of our soul, of our mind, and eventually part of our behavior and our habits, enabling us to be doers. It's a very intimate transaction that goes on between us and the Lord. 
And it's as real as that moment there in the garden when Jesus first took Adam's face into his hands and he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. It's that intimate. God is doing that very same thing with you and me today. He is breathing his breath of life into us through these words. And just as we said over and over again, these words have power and they are filled with life. Those words in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and is sharper than any double-edged sword and it's able to pierce between bone and marrow, soul and spirit, determining, discerning the thoughts and intents of our heart. With the power of God's word within us, we really then can begin to do and to be the doers of the word and not hearers only. One last thought before we close. As we read these precious words, I'd like us to, and, and you to try to envision all that God is doing. Remember that He is our loving Father and we are His beloved children. And in these precious words, He's homeschooling us. He's teaching us how to be true sons of God. I'm reminded of, of incidents in my own family when we would be attempting to teach our own children something important. And as we would talk and instruct them, we would sometimes see from the absent look in their eyes that their minds had gone off somewhere else. And sometimes, no matter how hard we'd try, we couldn't seem to get their attention. I can recall with one of our dear sons how his mind seemed to always have more than one thought going on at a time. And I could hold his little face in my hands and I'd say to him over and over again, look at me now, look at me as I talk to you. But invariably, invariably, even then, his little eyes would drift off to the side. And not so much from deliberate disobedience or rebellion. It wasn't that. It was just that his little mind processed things differently. And that's so often what takes place with you and me and God. Too often, we're doing what our culture calls multitasking, and our attention becomes divided. And how many times has God taken our face in His loving hand and said, as He's saying here, look at me, look at me as I talk to you. Have ears to hear and eyes to see. But folks, even then, our little eyes and our little minds will drift off to something else. And again, not deliberately disobeying or in rebellion. It's just the way that our little minds process the things in our day. But here God, our loving Father, He has our face in His hands right now. And He's saying to you and me, He's saying, listen, my child, be a doer of the Word, and not hearer only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he's saying. But, and listen to this, but he says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he would be blessed in all of his doing. Let's pray.